Right on. Happy Saturday, everyone. Um, welcome to live stream 23. Um, um, I gotta watch this. Call me out in the chat if I keep doing the ums. Uh, 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 I need to break my habit. Welcome to live stream 23. We're talking today about this book, The Sayings of the Desert Fathers. Um, I've read pretty much all of it, but it's unbelievably inspirational, and I wanted to cover it and talk about it here. And yeah answer some chat questions uh i'm taking uh right away <laughs> right away um i'm taking next week off so i'll be back in two weeks so get your questions in now um berserker bear water bay bay bear bia uh bea um hit me up with some questions in the chat i'll cover them today and as always subscribe to all my bullshit on BitChute, youtube d live uh, podcast coming out. I have fresh podcasts that are going to be coming out. Two hilarious episodes of That's Offensive I recorded. One with Quincy, the infamous Twitter Twitter legend Quincy, and uh, a couple other guys, Trent and Derek from uh, Trent Must Talk podcast, which I was a guest on a couple weeks back, which you can find on Spotify. And then Derek from Burning Boots podcast, who was a guest on my last Sean Fights the Internet podcast. But those two together were on this episode of That's Offensive. And it gets pretty offensive, guys. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, if you're a weakling, if you can't handle humor or comedy or take a joke, um, stay away from those. That's that's offensive. T h a t s u h f f e n s i v e offensive, uh, offensive. And those episodes will be coming out late next week, over the course of the next two weeks, and then I have two. Uh, talk about art episodes coming out with awesome guests, uh, rapper, a local local Nashville rapper who is now sponsored by Chipotle because of a TikTok video, and a uh, good friend of mine now who's a just Christian uh, musician making really good music and doing a lot of cool things, and we talked a lot. It was a very interesting conversation, so those will be out in like a month from now or three weeks from now, so be on the lookout for podcasts coming out. Live stream 24 will be two weeks from now, so not next Saturday, but the Saturday after that, I'll be back. And yeah, fresh podcasts. Nashville is opening up, so Nashville is pretty much back to just normal. There, <laughs> people have got to put the masks away. You're not seeing the masks at all anymore, except for just a, a few loners, a few uh, lone cowards left. And yeah, it just seems to be everyone returning to normal and realizing that it was all a pandemic all along, a big hoax all along. I mean, there's still cowards out there, don't get me wrong. The churches are still closed. Uh, everyone, I mean, even though people are going to grocery stores and parks and hanging out with friends and family all the time, they're still apparently too scared to get together to go to church. Uh, pretty embarrassing for the, <laughs> for the churches in the South and Southern Baptists in general still being closed and still running and hiding and being cowards. And um, yeah, but there's just a clear line in the sand being drawn. And at least here, it seems, um, seems like the bigger picture too, but it's kind of the people who are in the world and of the world, you know, <laughs> I believe it's John where Jesus says that I could be wrong, but Jesus calls us to be in this world, existing in this world temporarily, not of this world and worshiping this place. And um, desiring to stay here as long as possible and enjoy its material comforts as long as possible and seek pleasures. He actually calls us to reject that, <laughs> reject the material, reject the pleasure, say no to Babylon. And those who are willing to do that, those who aren't cowards and running and hiding, those who are just in the world and not of the world seem to be kind of over this hoax or have been all along. And that's kind of the line in the sand. Those of this world are still wearing the masks, still staying home from church, still telling people to, you know, keep their restaurants closed and, you know, the how dare you's, how dare you, how dare you. It's like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in the last month by just kind of standing up and speaking the truth and how much emotional anger and sadness and um, just emotional negativity is thrown my way, fear, fear mongering and fear porn thrown my way just for being like, Hey guys, like we can just be normal. Like <laughs> we can just go back to either our normal lives or like go back to, uh, or start something new, start something fresh and build things and, you know, create communities together. 
but I just get how dare you. So, um, Water Bay, Water Bia, Water <laughs> kicking it and killing it in the chat. Um, yeah, you can find all the links on my website to That's Offensive. Like the web, the little mini web page I have on Podbean for That's Offensive is uh, you can find it on a link on my web page, uh, seanvplanet.com. Same with my regular podcast channel. My blog, I've been writing some pretty dope blogs lately. If you want to read like a millennial's take on Christianity, I did a refutation of this, this is just scammer, grifter, uh, Christian blogger, writer for Christian Christianity Today. I uh, wrote this just basically smear piece against Christians and those who are gullible. <laughs> um, I did just a refutation of that and just gave my true thoughts on all of what he said and just the pandemic in general, the Holocaust in general. So you can check that all out on my blog, seanvplanet.com slash, or seanvplanet.blogspot.com. But the link is also on my webpage, seanvplanet.com. So check all that stuff out. And Water Bay, yeah, I'll check out your link, but not right now. <laughs> and yes, they are they are of the world. We are not. We are called to not be of the world. We are called to be just here temporarily. And if you're truly a Christian, you completely know and understand that. And if you're not, it's just it might sound stupid. It might sound silly. It might just be completely foreign to you. But we are not called to live and enjoy this life here. We are to seek the eternity. We are called to some higher meaning, a higher purpose that isn't just this temporary place and making our dick feel good for a while here, here and now, you know, <laughs> we live for the forever after, um, we live for the glory that is the righteous reward in the kingdom of heaven. And if you're cowardly and you're scared of getting sick and you're scared of dying, um, you are definitely of this world and not merely living in it temporarily. So yeah. Yeah, all Christians should embrace death, which leads me to what I was going to talk about today, which is the Desert Fathers, um, people who were martyrs, martyrs in spirit or martyr martyrs themselves, and just completely willing to reject the material wealth, the pleasures in the material world itself, and seek first the kingdom of heaven. Like, they didn't just talk about it. They didn't just preach about it. <laughs> they weren't grifters at all. They literally went into the desert and said no to Babylon rejected it all and um, truly lived the life that they preached. Um, I wrote here, they, they, they not only talked the talk, but they walked the walk. They lived aesthetic lives, ascetic lives. They lived in, you know, voluntary poverty. They were just virtuous and charitable at all times. And they just literally took scripture and Jesus' teachings um Literally, <laughs> they, they took it down to its exact practice and not just theorizing about it, not just talking about it in mega churches and Bible reading groups. Like they weren't just talking about faith. They were living it and willing to lay down their lives. And they were fully aware that this place is temporary, not the end, not everything. They embraced death. Um, it wasn't like as if they walked towards it. They don't commit suicide but they fully embrace that it could happen at any moment and that the reward is the kingdom of heaven, not material comforts here and now or a long life in this, this place. And I'm going to get to some quotes. I'm going to, I'm going to read some quotes, get your thoughts, have any questions you guys have, answer any questions you guys have. But I just want to talk about this. This book has been inspirational lately. It's making me want to be a monk. It's making me want to <laughs> throw all my things away. Just like literally put the shirt on my back and walk out into the woods and just survive and thrive and um, truly just seek the kingdom of heaven within first. And by sharing the news and the good news of the gospel with whoever I run into instead of all of you fine, lovely people on live streams. Um did a bad job leaving my window open. That's a <laughs> I should not have left my window open. Of course, like, the day I leave my window open, every single loud car in the neighborhood drives by. But uh, yeah, I mean, these guys in general just make me want to throw it all away and truly live as Christ did. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see where, I, where I am two weeks from now if I uh, even come back and do live stream 2024. 20, uh, I might be um, becoming a hermit 
<laughs> pretty soon because these guys are very inspirational. They just get it. They're based. They aren't tempted by things. They aren't slaves to their flesh pleasures. And, um, yeah, they just get it. They get it. They get it, and I'm starting to get it. Um, but let's dive into it. Um, the Desert Fathers are referred to as Abbas, 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 Abbas. Um, I say Abbas, A-B-B-A-S, and the Desert Fathers themselves were giants of the spirit, those who not only learned the teachings of Christ, but who truly lived Christ-like lives. They found the truth and the love of the Bible and left civilization to put it into practice. Um, as I said, they not only talked the talk, but they walked the walk. They truly said no to Babylon. They didn't theorize about it. They didn't complain about it. Um, they didn't get on their knees and worship the statues. They said no to Babylon. And they understood that we should have an uncompromising obedience to the word and the spirit of the Gospels. And they were separated from all, but also united to all. They removed themselves from the physical world, but united themselves to the spiritual world. And this is pretty amazing. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. Um, I should say, too, I kind of forgot to mention that this isn't really a fun read. It's kind of just a giant collection of sayings and stories. Um, not even in like a very, like, it's not even a good timeline. It's just alphabetical order. It's a giant collection of different um, teachings from different monks and fathers and monk uh, hermits and just religious leaders and so the book itself is amazing but it's kind of just parables it's almost just a big collection of parables and stories and quotes so it's not really a fun read if you're looking to be like entertained on a weekend day or something uh it really is just something you read for spiritual growth and to learn about um people who are truly seeking to live christ-like in all of their words and actions. It's not fun <laughs> in the, the common sense term of that of that phrase. Um, but yeah, the Abbas themselves, they were initiators and masters of the blessed monastic way of life, being entirely on fire with divine and heavenly love, training themselves here below to do nothing whatsoever out of vain glory. Uh, they hid away in desert caves and their supreme humility in keeping most of their good works hidden, that, which led them towards the righteous path of God. Um, yeah, I mean, they weren't writing these Bibles and making money off of them. They weren't writing their sayings down and trying to grift off of people. They literally would hide away in caves and people would come see, see them and seek them out and find try to learn from them or seek their wisdom. And that's how we have this collection of their thoughts and stories today is not because they wrote it down and sold it, but because other people realized what was happening, respected it so much, and they too wanted to seek the kingdom of heaven and went back to Rome and wrote it down and sold it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anthony, Anthony the Great is kind of the godfather, if you will. He's kind of the head honcho. He was kind of the leader of the movement and kind of just well-respected as like, the, you know, the godfather, the kind of main main and first man who put this truly into practice. Um, he was the man who truly began the movement in its entirety, uh, choosing to leave Babylon around 270 for the Egyptian deserts and mountains. Um, I say Babylon, but really it was the Roman Empire in its later stages. Waves of faith seekers and persecuted Christians followed him to the desert and to the caves in the mountains of Egypt. And according to Athanasius, because okay, you need a lot of names and terms I can't pronounce right, but Athanasius or Athanasius of Alexandria, he said that after Anthony went there, the desert had become a city because so many people were starting to flock there and seek his wisdom and seek the life he was choosing to live. And in Rome itself, around 315 AD, the Romans adopted Christianity and the persecution of Christians calmed or even ceased entirely throughout the empire. It was no longer a risk to be a Christian. And so people began to just choose living in Babylon again. There was really a golden period of like 40 years of basically people who would have been martyrs 
seeking to just go out in the desert and put Christ-like actions into, into practice instead of just uh, basically waiting to be slaughtered or thrown into the Colosseum. And yeah, people over time, after it wasn't risky anymore to be a Christian, people started to choose to live in Babylon again. It's pretty interesting. When it wasn't punk rock to be a Christian, people went back to the comforts of Babylon. They went back to being not in the world, but of the world. And the solitude, austerity, and sacrifice of the desert was seen by Anthony as an alternative to martyrdom, which had become recognized by many Babylonian Christians as the highest form of faith and sacrifice. Those who embrace death. It's a strange amount of power you get when you embrace your death. And a strange amount of um, ills and weaknesses and ill health you get when you are scared of your death. It's also a funny, uh, funny occurrence in nature. Some abbas became austere hermits. Some made small groups of monks and nuns. And some lived semi-hermetic lives, small communities who would join together on holy days to worship together. These monastic communities became the norm. So kind of after Anthony and after the empire itself began to cease persecuting Christians, basically the desert just turned into small little roaming nomadic groups of monks and nuns, small little groups, like three to five people. And then they would come together for holidays, holy days, holidays, holy days and um, Sabbath celebrations. They would basically make a church. They would for they would roam the desert in small little groups living in solitude and then come together for kind of major events or big events. Um, looks like the chat might have froze. I don't know what's happening. It looked like it was real active earlier, but now it's just dead. So either you all left because this is boring to you. <laughs> so sorry if that's the case. Or the chat's off. So sorry also if that's the case. But yeah, I mean, rejecting just the concept of rejecting Caesar um, was kind of the whole point here saying no to Babylon and saying no to the material comforts of the empire. The legalization of Rome gave some followers of Christ a greater resolve to seek the desert life. And when Christians began finding ways to work with the Roman state, the Abbas saw that as a compromise between the things of God and the things of Caesar. And those who went to the desert were truly just the people who said no to Babylon. The hermits doubted that religion and politics could ever produce a truly Christian society. For them, the only Christ-like society was spiritual and not mundane. They embraced the life of exile, the life of the exile. They embraced martyrdom, and they embraced their death, and they were rewarded for it many times over. Some of the stories are unbelievable, how, how rewarded they were in the here and how obviously rewarded they are in the after. Um, and I want to talk to, before I get to just reading some of the scriptures and stuff, scriptures, some of the quotes and stories here is another term I'm going to mispronounce, I'm sure, but hesychasm, hesychasm, H-E-S-Y-C-H-A-S-M, hesychasm, 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 <laughs> um, I actually been doing this before I read about what they were doing, what specifically this was. This is kind of the way I pray in general, and it's very rewarding. It's very clarif clear, clarifying, and it clears your mind of thoughts and makes you reflect on your sins and truly makes you realize that you can overcome them and not just tell yourself you will, but actually do it. And it itself, hesychasm, is a prayer of the heart. It's what's referred to as a Jesus prayer. It is a silent, still, quiet prayer. And for the Abbas, it was the practice of in internal silence and continual prayer at all times. Hesychast prayer was a meditative practice done with eyes closed in silence, empty of mental pictures and visual concepts, but with the intense consciousness of God's presence, seeking inner tranquility at all times. And I mean, that is how I pray. I usually do kind of list through some people and things in my life that are not going well. And I 
I mean, first and foremost, I thank God every night. And I spend some time praying for just people in my life I know and love who are going through rough times, just hoping that God will continue working in them and through them and that they won't give up, that they will continue working hard and striving towards the kingdom themselves. And I usually then drift off into more thanks, being, <laughs> being thankful again, thankful again, appreciative of every, every day I, was, I have been given and every day that I will be given in the future. Um, whether it be one or whether it be thousands. And after that, I try to just almost drift off into a meditative state for 10 to 20 minutes. And when you do that, especially when you start out at first, you'll notice that your thoughts are just so insane. <laughs> it's so crazy. You just get temptations. You get uncomfortable. Your thoughts will tell you to stop. Your thoughts will tell you that your leg itches. Your thoughts will tell you that you're too hot or you're too cold. But if you truly just work on sitting there and being in a meditative state, a very still, silent, um, internal tra internal tranquility-esque um, life or uh, moment, it um, eventually you realize that that is basically what we're called to do. And that is how the Holy Spirit starts working through us and in us, is when you start rejecting the thoughts, the devil thoughts that enter your brain, the temptation thoughts, the of this world thoughts <laughs> that are in your brain when you try to turn the when you when you try to and then eventually when you do successfully turn those thoughts off you start to just feel that inner peace that inner love that inner beauty and you just feel the voiceless voice talking to you and through you and i recommend that doing that and then i always end with more thanks <laughs> i always just give thanks so much thanks for everything all of this every moment everything i've been given and everything i will be given in the future from our creator and it's helped me overcome my emotions. It's helped me overcome just all of my silly, childish behaviors and nature. It's in one year's time, it's helped me grow up immensely. <laughs> it brought me from being a drug addicted, sex addicted little boy to just being a calm, rational, reasonable man, <laughs> confident, strong man, and uh, one who has basically defeated sin and living a fairly Christ-like life at this point. Um, the only thing left is to sell all my possessions and go out and live in the desert. Uh, <laughs> I'm nearing that point myself. So I get it. I get that they get it for sure. Um, yeah, I think the chat's off. So sorry, guys. I was going to answer questions and kind of read your comments about some of these things, but I guess I'll just read these and call it a day if the chat doesn't come back. Um I wanted to cover some some Anthony quotes and then just kind of go through some highlights, some of the mo more base and awesome, um, just kind of like stories and quotes from some of the from some of the Desert Fathers themselves. Read them and get your thoughts or get your questions, but apparently I can't because the chat's broken. So I guess I'm just reading reading more. Um, but yeah, Abba Anthony, a uh, couple quotes from him. I think I'm gonna read like a couple quotes and maybe a story here. But yeah, Abba Anthony said, whoever has not experienced temptation cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Without temptations, no one can be saved. And I'm starting to see that a lot here in the South. Um, I was one who was lost and broken and tempted and gave into those temptations time and time and time again in my life. And now that I've overcome them, I can see the beauty in that. I can see the love and the truth that has been shown down on me for overcoming the temptations that I used to easily give into. And now I can very clearly see when I'm being tempted and it's very easy for me to say no, to know and recognize what it is. Like being able to smell evil coming a mile away and just being able to say no to it. But those parents, especially here in the South, like in the Bible Belt, I think it's tough for people who've been raised in good environments, Christian environments, to recognize evil when it's coming. They get the slow burn into temptations and they give in to evil. They give in to the temptations because they just don't recognize what it is. It's hard for them to realize that they're giving in to the temptations themselves. They don't really realize they're constantly being tempted, which is just the way it is. It's not good or bad. It doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me worse. It doesn't make them better. It doesn't make them worse. It's just different life experiences and different paths, um, different journeys towards the kingdom of heaven. But I've lived a life where I gave in to the temptations, and now it's easy for me to see 
them coming. <laughs> it's easier for me to see them coming. And this is also relevant to today. This is now becoming one of my favorite quotes of all time, just in general of all time. But Abba Anthony also says, a time is coming when men will go mad. And when they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him saying, you are mad. You are not like us. And that's how I feel every day right now. I feel like the whole world has gone mad. Like I'm living in clown world. And when I'm just like, hey, guys, like there's nothing to worry about. People are like, how dare you not be worried? <laughs> how dare you not be sad and angry and full of fear? How dare you be calm and embracing your <laughs> embracing hardships and death and temptation? How dare you? How dare you not be hedonistic and <laughs> degenerate like us? How dare you? And I'm just kind of like looking at everyone like, man, you guys are just so mad. Like I don't <laughs> mad in the terms of being angry and mad in the terms of being insane and not really there in touch with reality. And, you know, you just, you just, do this. You just shrug your shoulders, <laughs> find ways to love them still, find ways to forgive them for what they do. And they know not what they do. They are mad. Forgive them, love them, and move on. And just continue standing strong. Just shrug your shoulders at them and move on. But that is what that is how I feel like what we're living in today. Um, again, he says, I mean, he predicted this in about 27, 2280 AD. Um, basically 700, 1700 years ago. A time is coming when men will go mad. And when they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him saying, you are mad. You are not like us. <laughs> Based. Uh, <laughs> Based. Um, yeah, but I'm going to start reading some things here, and then we'll call it a day. Uh, I guess the chat broke out again. I think the chat was pretty active. Sorry, Berserker Bear, Water Bay. Um, also, big shout-out to all my new followers. That's dope. I like logged in today and saw a bunch of new followers, so that's cool. Thank you guys. Um, Lucky Duck, you're dope. Um, yeah. Living Loving Bear, Rex Arcana, Darley, Bob DeBum, Embav, Emb Emba TV. I think that's what Emba TV. Um, yeah. And then shout out just all my bears on Twitter, all my loyal loving bears on Twitter, Telegram, Instagram. You guys are fucking awesome. But um, yeah, we'll just start reading some and then we'll call it a day here. And again, remember, I'm going to be back in two weeks with Livestream24. So what day is that? On uh, the 30th. So not the 23rd, but the 30th. I'll be back. But yeah, let's get into this. We're going to read a three Anthony quotes again here because Anthony, again, the godfather Anthony, the god Abba, the, the, the chief Abba. Um. When the same Abba Anthony thought that the depth of the judgments of God, thought about the depth of the judgments of God, he asked, Lord, how is it that when some die, they are young, while others drag on to extreme old age? Why are, those, why are there those who are poor and those who are rich? Why do wicked men prosper and why are they just in need? Why are the just in need? He heard a voice answering him, Anthony. Keep your attention on yourself. These things are according to the judgment of God, and it is not your advantage to know anything about them. Based. <laughs> um, Abba Anthony then said to Abba Poman, Payman, Peeman, P-O-E-M-E-N, -E I think it's Peeman, but I read it as Poman, Poman. Abba Anthony said to Abba Poman, this is the great work of man, always to take the blame for his own sins before God and expect temptation to his last breath. I love that. Kind of what we were talking about earlier. You're going to be tempted, guys. You're going to constantly be tempted. The second you think you've done, you're done and you're in the clear that you've been led to the green pastures, get ready because the next valley of the shadow of death is coming. It's on the horizon. You will always be tempted and you need to always be on guard and you need to always be willing to overcome and fight against them and wear the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can always be protected against and fight, fight off of all the temptations of the Satan, the Satan. And yeah, 
Abba Anthony said, I no longer fear God, but I love him. For love casts out fear, which is one of my favorite quotes in 1 John 4.18. It's just read 1 John 4.18, 4, and just read it all. It's unbelievable. It's inspiring and it's clarifying in a lot of ways. Um, Agathon, Agathon, this is another one. All these names I'm going to get wrong, guys. You can laugh at me, you can mock me, you can hate me, whatever. You can get overly emotional at me, but I'm going to get the names of Egyptians from 1,800 years ago wrong. Uh, <laughs> some Romans and Egyptians from 200 to 300 AD, I'm going to get their names wrong. But Agathon or Agathon, um, let's see here. This one was pretty awesome, I think. These two quotes I have here from Agathon. Agathon. He also said, I have never gone to sleep with a grievance against anyone. And as far as I could, I have never let anyone go to sleep with a grievance against me. And I'm really working on the first part of that. I really am working on forgiving everyone, even the wicked, even the evil, even the, those just completely brainwashed and taken over by Satan. Those who wish me harm, those who make fun of me, mock me, um, doesn't mean I have to associate with you. I'm getting really good at banning and blocking people who are just throwing temptations and evils at me. But at the end of the day, you have to forgive them. Um, that's in my article, my refutation of Ed Stetzer's, uh, basically just like smear peace against conspiracy theorists and against Christians who dare question what the media and government tell them. Um, at the end of the day, like I criticized him. I rejected what he was saying. I kind of proved how silly and foolish he was being. And I truly, genuinely forgive him. Like I truly just feel bad for him at the end of the day. I feel bad for a lot of those people who are so full of anger and rage that they go on to big platforms and smear Christians for just merely asking questions. Um, but at the end of the day, those are the people that need your love the most. The people who are the most scared and the most fearful and the most angry those are the people who need your forgiven. You to be those. Those are the people who need to be forgiven by you, not only for your own sake but for theirs. Um, the people who are farthest removed from God, they don't need condemnation and they don't need any sort of evil done in return to them. The most evil and wicked people here are the people who are clearly suffering the most and who will eventually suffer the most. They need our love and they need our forgiveness the most here and after and it's tough it's easier said than done it's very easy <laughs> to say it's tough to put into practice but um it's very true like if you just really focus on going to bed every night without holding any sort of like anger or ill will towards any single person even those who harm you and do you harm it um really puts you at peace really helps you um in your prayers and just in your life going forward uh, there's a specific verse of uh, the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. The whole premise of his philosophy and his religion is taking Christianity and flipping it on its on, on the reverse, making everything the opposite. Basically, instead of trying to reject and avoid committing the seven deadly sins, Anton LaVey promotes and advocates for doing the seven deadly sins. And one of the basic core tenets of Anton LaVey and the Satanic Bible Basically, anything that he promotes or preaches, just try to do the opposite of. <laughs> but he's very for promoting wrath and being vengeful and spiteful. And if anyone does you harm, to do them twice as much harm in return. That's one of his core philosophies and core principles as being a quote-unquote Satanist. Um, whether you believe in Satan or not. Whether you're, whether you're one of those people who's just isn't such an atheist that you're even denial that they're Satan or God at all. The Satanist philosophy itself, promoted by Anton LaVey in the Satanic Bible, is one of seeking venge and seeking wrath and basically doing the opposite of what um, Agathon's promoting, which is every night you should go to bed with holding rage and plotting and scheming to get revenge on people. And if that isn't just clearly a destructive <laughs> way to live your life and going to just completely affect your emotions in such a negative way, and cause you to just live an angry, spiteful, bad life and live broken and, and spiritually poor on the earth here and potentially forever. Um, I don't know what else is more eye-opening. <laughs>
And so clearly even, you know, 1800 years ago, people in the desert could see how obvious it was that every night you go to sleep, you need to forgive. You need to forgive so that you can be forgiven and so that you can find your peace and find your love, find the love of the God, your creator. And yeah, another Agathon quote, um, again, exactly what we're talking about. Um, Abba, Abba Agathon, Agathon, I might not get his name wrong, but I respect the man. Um, he said that a man who is angry, even if he were to raise the dead, is not acceptable to God. You have to forgive in order to be forgiven. It's such so, so crucial. Uh, I didn't really get that. <laughs> I didn't really get that. And when I was, that's when I truly believe I was born again, when I learned to truly forgive and just let go. And I truly believe that's when God helped me be truly born again. That's when I truly released and let go of all my anger was when I realized that everyone else, um, you know, eye for an eye doesn't need to happen. You know, <laughs> you can turn the other cheek and you can love and forgive people, even those who do evil, wicked things to you or seek to harm you or end your life. You still need to just forgive them. And when you do, God will forgive you. How could you ever expect to be forgiven yourself for the crimes and the sins you've committed if you're not willing to forgive others for the crimes and the sins they've committed? It uh, definitely released me from my anger and my emotional instability, that's for sure. Uh, Benjamin, Benjamin, uh, I think it's just Benjamin, Abba Benjamin, says as he, or it says here about him, as he was dying, Abba Benjamin said to his sons, if you observe the following, you can be saved. Be joyful at all times. Pray without ceasing and give thanks for all things. And I can attest, <laughs> if you just, if you live that life, you will be great. You'll just be happy. Everything will be awesome and amazing. You'll start to see the world for what it is. You'll start to really understand the truth and the logos of the world around you. And you'll start to just feel love. I mean, you don't need to rely on your parents to love you for you to feel loved or your friends to love you. You don't need to rely on people to love you. Like God will shine love down on you and you'll just be full of it. You'll be fulfilled and full of love. If you are joyful at all times, if you pray without ceasing, if you continually just live an internal life of prayer and meditation and observe and see your thoughts for what they are and reject them, all the temptations of the devil in your thoughts, and you give thanks for all things. If you're giving thanks for every moment you have here on the earth, um, you're just blessed. You get blessed. I don't know how to really put it into words better than that, but um, it's just so true. It's just so true. It's true, guys. It's true. <laughs> Abba Benjamin, be joyful at all times, pray without ceasing, and give thanks for all things, all of the things. And your life will be amazing. Faith, loyalty, hope. Faith, loyalty, hope. Daniel says, a brother, or it says about Daniel, a brother asked Abba Daniel, give me a commandment and I will keep it. Abba Daniel replied, never put your hand in the dish with a woman and never eat with her. Thus you will escape a little, the devil or the demon of fornication. And that's just a base quote. <laughs> Keep your hands away from women that aren't your wife, and you will be able to resist fornication. Keep your hands to yourself. Say no to the lust urges and the pleasures of this world. And God will reward you. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself, my dudes. Um... And here, Theodore, Theodore, I think it's just Theodore, Abba Theodore, he said, do not sleep in a place where there is a woman. So again, guys, <laughs> hands to yourself. If it's not your wife, do not sleep in a place where there is a woman. And that's, there's no better advice for men today than that. Um, we are broken. We are, we are slaves to our flesh pleasures. And if it's not clear by now that porn is a weapon being used against us to destroy the family and keep men addicted and enslaved to their flesh urges and their flesh pleasures, instead of focusing on what is right, what they agree with in terms of the, I mean, in the here and the after, in terms of being just principled, strong, confident young men, capable young men 
um, good fathers and good husbands, they get us addicted to having our penis feel good for five minutes or 10 minutes at a time and literally spending our entire lives working and slaving away so that we can get shiny things to impress women so they will touch our penises. And it's destroying us, it's destroying society, and it's destroying you on the individual level and it's destroying society on the whole in the bigger picture. And I think young men are starting to wake up to that fact in reality. They've made us, they've made a lot of young men incels and that's going to backfire on them. It's going to work temporarily for their schemes and plots. And in the long run, people, young men are going to start to embrace that they don't need their penises pleasured. <laughs> they don't need to sleep in a place where there is a woman. And they'll start rejecting the things that keep keep us down and tie us down. Excuse me, I'm a little burpy. I'm a little terp burpy today. Uh, drinking the terp, drinking the turpentine, getting cleansed, getting fresh. Starting to work out this week. Starting a big, big time workout and losing the gut this week. Um, you'll hear about my uh, inspiration for doing so on the upcoming podcast, the offensive podcast, where the I invite my guests to fat shame me. But uh, yeah, doing a little cleanse and getting into um, body resistant workout, weight resistant workouts, and running more. So your boy's gonna get a little, little skinny and swole here this summer. And, um, yeah, again, my dudes, eat right, <laughs> be healthy, work out. Those are, those are, that's really good advice for just everyone. Something that I need to definitely start doing every day and not just, um, haphazardly a few times a week and do not sleep in a place where there is a woman. Just don't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Isadore, the priest, Isidore, the priest. Um, Abba Poman, Abba, Abba, Abba Peeman. I think it's Peeman, but I read it Poman. It's P-O-E-M-E-N, Abba Poman. Said about the Abba Isadore that whenever he addressed the brothers in church, he said only one thing, forgive your brother so that you may also be forgiven. It's so crucial. It's like the most crucial part of just being a Christian is forgiving. Forgive so that you may be forgiven. Forgive your brother so that he may be forgiven. And always remember the prodigal son. The brother refused to forgive his brother for his bad choices, and his dad did. His dad, without question, saw him coming from a mile away and ran up to him and forgave him instantly. And uh, I wonder who was really truly blessed by God, the son or the father, the second son or the father in that situation. Um, Theonis, Theonis, Theonis. Abba Theonis said, when we turn our spirit from the contemplation of God, we become the slaves of carnal passions. It's kind of like what I'm saying, guys. When we turn our spirit from the contemplation of God, we become the slaves of carnal passions. When we choose to be of this world and not in this world, we become slaves. We become fearful little cowards who will run and hide when the media tells us that the sniffles are coming to get us. When they come and say that you can't touch your neighbors because you're going to get sick and die. You can't go to church because you're going to get sick and die. Be scared. Be afraid. Give us your rights. Give us your freedoms. Otherwise, you're going to die. <laughs> give, be, if you want to be safe, if you don't want to die, if you don't want to suffer, um, give me your rights. That's basically what's happening right now. And we're all just kind of either sitting back and letting it happen or we're fully giving in and buying into that concept because we're so addicted to our flesh pleasures and our material wealth that we will listen to anyone who threatens that or give in to anyone who's, who's threatening that or saying that those things are threatened from outside forces. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm either making a lot of sense right now or no sense at all. And I wish I had the, the chat to keep me in check, but I'm just going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> I got a few more here, uh, four more here, and then we'll call it a day. I uh, wish I had the chat, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm disappointed that the chat went down because I feel like we were going to have a good little conversation there. Water Bay, thank you again for showing up. Um, Berserker Bear, Emba TV, Bob DeBum, Darley, Rex Arcana, Live in Lovin' Bear, thank you guys for showing up and subscribing and all the stuff and donating ice creams. I don't really know how much money that is, but I know it's money on this website, so thank you. I appreciate that. 
And um, yeah, I should probably say that. If you ever do want to send me some stuff, don't send me money, guys. And if you're going to send me stuff, make sure it's cheap. Don't spend too much money on shipping or packaging. But if you want to send me stuff, like letters, art, books, any kind of like um, questions you have that you maybe want me to read on my streams in the future, or if you have like just letters, if you want to be a pen pal, talk about talk some shit, or uh, <laughs> demand my apologies, or just have like interesting conversations. I've been giving advice to some people and having some heart-to-hearts with people through handwritten notes, and it's been very like cathartic for me, and it seems like it's been very like beneficial and cathartic for other people out there. So we've been having like some, some pen pal buddy relationships in the snail mail, the physical mail. But you can send things to me, and I'll send things to you from a P.O. box. That's My name is S-E-A-N-C-O-R-Y, Sean Corey, and it's P.O. Box 330-172, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203. So, yeah, send me – I'll accept your candles. I accept candle donations. I love – I've been burning candles a lot. And any books, art, letters you have, if you want to demand my apology in a handwritten note, feel free to send it to my P.O. box. Um, or you can tune in live in the chat when it works. It's not working again. Uh, I'm going to keep complaining about it. <laughs> not working. I don't get why my stream works perfectly fine, but my chat does not work anymore after working for the first 10 minutes, 5 minutes. Um, it's a little frustrating, but yeah. Send me handwritten notes and we can avoid this uh, technical issue, this technical problem in the future. And, yes, you can find all my podcasts and all that stuff on um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, just S-E-A-N-V-P-L-A-N-E-T, Sean V. Planet, on all those things. You can find these videos. Obviously, if you're watching this later, you can find my videos here on YouTube or BitChute, wherever you're watching. Or you can tune in live on Saturday mornings. Um, again, starting the 31st, 30th or 31st, 30th is going to be our next stream, live stream 24, so tune in live 10 a.m. On the, on the 30th and every Saturday after that um, here on DLive, dlive.tv slash Planet. So, um, yeah, check me out on all the things. And, yeah, again, my P.O. box is S-E-A-N-C-O-R-Y, Sean Corey is my name. And it's P.O. Box 330-172, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203, if you want to send me some shit. Don't send me money. Don't waste a bunch of money on sending me things. But if you can, feel free. I'd love to talk about it on future streams. Um, yeah, let's get to this copris. Abacopris. Abacopris. Um, Abacopris says, blessed is he who bears affliction with thankfulness. Again, anyone who embraces temptation with love and joy and hope and optimism, if you have faith, loyalty, and hope at the front of your mind at all time, I've been saying this for months now, if you just have those things in the front of your mind, when you're tempted by Satan, when you see the trials and the tribulations of this earth, and you meet it with thankfulness and joy and hope and optimism, and you recognize what the temptation is itself, and you're ready to embrace it, you're ready to overcome it, and you do so in a thankful manner, God will reward you guys. <laughs> he will just reward you so much. You'll be blessed so much. And you will find or at least be on your way to seeking and finding the um, kingdom of heaven. It's uh, without question, guys. <laughs> it might sound crazy. If you're, in the, if you're of this world and not in this world, this all probably sounds so insane and crazy and stupid. But those who are just merely in this world get it or they're about to get it or they're on their way to getting it. Um, everybody's getting it. <laughs> um, a few more here and I'll wrap things up and stop rambling and making stupid jokes. But Abamatos, Matos, Matois, M-A-T-O-E-S, Matos, uh, says, Satan does not know by what passion the soul can be overcome. He sows but without knowing if he will reap. Sometimes thoughts of fornication, sometimes thoughts of slander, and similarly for the other passions. He supplies nourishment to the passion which he sees the soul is slipping towards. I love this. Basically, Satan will just constantly tempt you. He will constantly tempt you. And the moment you finally overcome your flesh urges, like I have pretty much, I mean, not pretty much, I have overcome and conquered all of my flesh urges, 
my addiction to sex and porn and womenizing, um, adultering. I mean, I don't even look at women as sexual objects anymore. I completely don't need the sex. I don't have the sex. You can call me whatever names you want. You can call me an incel or a vol cell or whatever, a loser. I get it. Tiny dick, whatever. Call me whatever names you want. But when you fully reject and get over all of those sex urges and those flesh pleasures, those lust urges, um, it starts coming other ways. You just get tempted in, in other ways. Satan will constantly be tempting other seeds. When he realizes he can't get you with the sex, he will start tempting you with money. He'll start tempting you with popularity. He'll start tempting you with your ego. He'll start stroking your ego in the right, right and wrong ways. Um, he will just continue to try to tempt you. When he realizes he can't tempt you in one way, when you've fully conquered sin in one aspect of your life, or you've constantly you've overcome the temptations of evil in one way or another or multiple ways, Satan will continue to try to find other ways to get at you. You need to constantly be on your toes. You need to constantly be wearing the armor of God so that you can protect against all of it. And again, I'll just read it again. Satan does not know by what passion the soul can be overcome. He's not God. He can't see everything. He doesn't know everything. But he's experienced. He's been here for a while. He's been at this for a while. He knew the right things to say to Eve to get her to, you know, succumb to temptation, <laughs> to, to succumb to the evil, and the right things that, um, you know, the right things to get Eve to say to Adam to make him also join her. And, but he doesn't know all. He's not all powerful. He just knows how to control us. He's experienced that knowing the right buttons to push on us. And even if he doesn't, he'll just keep continuing to try. He'll keep tempting. He'll keep pushing that evil on us until we give in in one way. So you need to constantly be aware that you're always being tempted, even if you've overcome one or a few things. Even if you've overcome evil or certain kinds of sins, you need to constantly be on your toes and constantly wearing the armor of God to protect yourself from the next temptation, the next attempts by Satan. So again, Satan does not know by what passion the soul can be overcome. He sows, but without knowing if he will reap. Sometimes thoughts of fornication, sometimes thoughts of slander, and similarly for the other passions. He supplies nourishment to the passion in which the soul is slipping towards. He'll, he will stroke your ego. He will tell you, you're doing right when you're doing wrong. He will tell you that eating the fruit will provide you with godlike abilities. He will tell you the right things you want to hear at the right time to get you to fall into the snares of the devil. Schemes and the tricks of the, of the Satan. And so you need to be on your toes at all times. Even when you feel like you have conquered specific types of temptations in your life, there's always work to do and there's always going to be more coming. So put on the full armor of God so that you may always be protected and you may always have the ability to fight back and conquer whatever's coming your way. Um, this name I'm definitely going to get wrong. <laughs> so last one here, I'm going to read these last couple and then I'll log off. I'll stop boring you or um, whatever, uh, <laughs> making you hate me. If you want to demand my apologies, P.O. Box 330172, Nashville, Tennessee, you can demand my apologies or let me know how boring and evil and stupid I am. All you want. I'll, I'll love to hear your criticism on me. And if you want to get on me for the ums, I know people have been getting, me, getting on me for the ums. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. Kind of. I'm kind of working on it. But, yeah, again, this is a name I'm not going to get wrong. Hyper, Hyperachius? Hyperachius? Hyperachius. Hyperachius? Hyperachius. <laughs> I've got the name wrong, but I, I can still read what he, what he said. It's H-Y-P-E-R-E-C-H-I-U-S. Hyperachius. And he said, he who does not control his tongue when he is angry will not control his passions either. And that's something I've learned the hard way. <laughs> throughout my life in arguments and discussions and debates, just saying the wrong thing and escalating things and not being willing to back down, not being willing to forgive someone else, not being willing to love another person for them having disagreements with me, or um, even if they're speaking ill of me, harming me, shaming me, uh, mocking me. If you cannot 
hold your tongue <laughs> if you're not willing to or you don't know how you will not control the rest of your passions either your emotions will spiral and yeah he who does not control his tongue when he is angry will not control his passions either um, self-control is to be sought and it is a virtue and hyperechius hyperechius uh, <laughs> control your tongue Sean hyperechius says let your thoughts be ever in the kingdom of heaven and soon you will possess it as an heritage let your thoughts be ever in the kingdom of heaven and soon you will possess it and I'm gonna leave with that because that is deep <laughs> let your thoughts be ever in the kingdom of heaven faith loyalty hope front and foremost of your mind at all times and let it guide you let it guide you in the right direction towards the eternal reward towards the righteous end towards the eternity that we all would that we all need to <laughs> enter into and is the best way to um live i don't know just the best i don't know what you would call the afterlife if you're living or if it's just where you're existing forever but let your thoughts be ever in the front of your mind in the here so that the after is bliss and you're with your heavens, you're with your ancestors in the forever, the forever world. Be in the world, not of the world. That's probably what the name of this <laughs> episode should be. Either that or the chat's broken. Uh, either way. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for putting up with my take on the Desert Fathers. I can't recommend this book enough. It's not a fun read. Can you see that on my camera? I need to get better lighting too. But the sayings of the Desert Fathers. Um, it's not a fun read, but it's going to change your life if you do um, read it, embrace it, learn from it, and keep some of their wisdom in the front of your mind at all times. And recognize that what they're saying is so true. And recognize that they weren't just talking the talk. They aren't just giving you advice. They're not just writing books to make money and have a career. They were walking the walk, truly. And yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to call it um, since the chat's broken. The chat's broken. I can't answer anyone's questions. But thank you for tuning in, um, either live or if you're watching this at a later date on BitChute or YouTube. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. You can find podcasts. I have good podcasts coming out. Um, two episodes of That's Offensive that are hilarious. If you enjoy comedy or offensive remarks and humor and content, That's Offensive is coming out. Two episodes in the next couple weeks and then after that the next two weeks after that i have two episodes of talk about art coming that are also going to be very entertaining and inspiring and insightful just very like good episodes less crude humor more just like funny and insightful conversations about art and religion and culture and um rapping <laughs> and chipotle um but yeah and then, yeah, you can follow me on – yeah, you can find my podcast. You can, I should probably say that. Find all my podcasts. Sean B. Planet is the channel name. You can find all my different podcast episodes and shows on my channel. So the channel's name itself is Sean B. Planet. And then you can find all the different podcasts on that channel, just kind of as a big collection on that feed. And you can find that, again, Sean B. Planet on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. And you can also find my videos on BitChute, YouTube, and here every Saturday morning, except not next Saturday. But usually every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. here on DLive.tv. And, yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, I post memes and trolls and joke troll people and joke around. And um, we can have good little insightful conversations and DMs or just on, like, chats. If you need me to help you talk some shit on a post, uh, <laughs> if someone's talking shit and they need to be mocked or memed or made fun of, uh, hit me up uh, at Sean B. Planet. And on Twitter, it's at Sean B. Planet underscore V3 because I continue to be censored and I will be censored again in the future. So right now I'm on version 3, V3. I will eventually be on V4 or 5, so keep that in mind. But <laughs> Sean B. Planet on all the social media sites. Instagram, Gab, Telegram, uh, Social Galactic, and on Twitter, I'm underscore V3. And, yeah. Again, my P.O. Box, if you want to send me stuff, is Sean Corey, P.O. Box 330-172, Nashville, Tennessee, 
37203. Um, be my pen pal or send me some candles or books. I would appreciate it. And yeah, before signing off, as always, faith, loyalty, hope. Keep it in the front of your mind and you'll see so much improvement in your life in all the ways, <laughs> all of the ways. And if you would, just do good, be good, love and be loved. And um, yeah, seek first the kingdom of heaven and be in the world and not of the world. And go in peace, guys. Thank you. I'll see you in two weeks.